Welcome back to the Two and a Half LLCs podcast. My name is Dre. I am your host today, and I am with Adriana Amey. Hi, how are Hello. you? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for having me. No problem. Is there anything you want to tell the audience about yourself, real quick? Um, so I am a full-time artist and I mainly work with paintings and acrylic as well as oils from time to time. And then I am also experimenting with ceramic sculptures, but that's a, that's a newer venture. Okay. All right. Cool. How's that been going for you so far? Uh, it's been interesting. It's nice to be a beginner again. Um, but I'm really big because, you know, this is my business. This is the way that, you know, I make money. I have to be mindful of, yes, experimenting, but at the same time, whatever I produce needs to be consistent with my body of work. Now, this is a self-imposed parameter slash kind of a business mindset that I have already where they do need to tie in together. Um so trying to balance the whole learning a new medium, but at the same time with the the lens that it has to fit the rest of my body of work. So it's been interesting. It's been a balance. Uh, learning, big learning curve. <laughs> got it, got it. So just want to give an introduction to you. Who are you and where are you from? So, um, so again, I'm Adriana, so nice to meet everybody. Um, and it took a long time to say I was an artist, but I am an artist, and this is what I do for a living. Um, and I am originally from San Juan, Puerto Rico. Um, moved to North Carolina in 2007 and have lived here ever since. Um, have been in the Raleigh, North Carolina area now for about, about, seven years give or take so yeah and i have a studio over at art space which is both my you know where i do the art and it's also my office so this is uh this is where all the magic happens <laughs> okay cool what would you say is your most important piece you've made so far Ooh. most important piece So the current series I've been working on, which, you know, um, is probably Visions and Color, which is the current one that I've been working on. It's one of those, like, your newest series is probably your new favorite series because it's incorporating new techniques, new ideas, and new messages that you want to try to get across from your arts. It's like an ever-evolving process. Um, probably one of the first ones in the series was called The Unfolding. Um that one fortuitously found a home already in Maryland. But um, I think that was one of the most important ones because I was going not just larger in terms of the size of the painting, but it was also, I was kind of changing my style quite, maybe not quite that radically. I mean, there's people that see the through lines for everything I make, but trying to be a little bit bolder about it and put a little bit less constraints on myself 
in terms of how I wanted the work itself to look while at the same time being a little bit clearer on my message. So the previous series before that had to do with exploring my heritage. So I am mixed race, so all kinds of races in this, uh, in this mixture. Um, but I don't know, there was a part about it that felt extremely vulnerable to the point that it was hard to talk about at times versus this new series, Visions in Color, is way more optimistic in its outlook. I don't know, it just feels better. So the unfolding was one of the earlier ones in the series where it just kind of gave me that confidence to continue developing the rest of the pieces that came after of like, oh, actually, this feels good. I like the direction this is going in. I'm going to make more. So I think it's one of the most important, at least in recent history for me. Okay. And that one was born in January of this year. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. So why art? There's a lot of things people can do in this world in which you possibly could have done. Why did you end up choosing art? Well, I bet this is going to probably come up in the conversation a few a few times, but I'm just going to get it out of the way now. So are you familiar with the concept of ikigai? Have you ever heard of this term? I don't believe so. Okay. So ikigai, my understanding of it, it's, it's a Japanese concept, but my humble Western view understanding of it. It's basically a way to find out what you're calling in in this world, like what you're meant to do on this earth while you're alive, right? And essentially, the easiest and most simplified way to go through this exercise of Ikigai is that you create a Venn diagram, right? You have your four, in this case, you have four circles. And the four circles represent um, what do you love? Um, What are you good at? Um, what do you think the world needs and what can you make money from? And where those four meet in the middle, that is what you're supposed to do. So it's the combination of those four. So it's much deeper than saying this is my career or this is my vocation or this is my profession. Like there's all these other intersections. This is literally where all four come together. So I've been doing art since I was little, um, like a lot of other people, of course, but there came to a point in my career when I realized it wasn't fulfilling. So I was in corporate finance and I had lost my mom. This was a few years back. And I was just like, you know, you get this big hole inside of you and you're just like, what's the meaning of this? Like, what's the whole point behind life anyways? Like you just kind of get into this crisis mode, if you will, um, kind of reevaluating everything about your life. And I encountered this concept of Ikigai and I just went through the exercise of it. And I basically said, okay, well, I love art. I've always loved art. I'm not going to say I'm good at it necessarily, although people have told me I'm good at it. But I feel like art is, if you have the passion for it, it is a learned skill like most other things in life. So I'm like, there's a possibility that I can get better. So I'm going to mark that as a checkbox. Um, Do I think the world needs it? I do. I actually think I do. There's art in so many forms, you know, whether it's audio performance, written, visual, 
yes, I think it's good and necessary for our mental health and evolution as humans, but more on that. Um, and then the only big question mark I had was, can I make money from it? <laughs> um, and I basically decided I needed transactional proof and actually try to sell some of it first in order to determine would anybody want it? And the short answer of it was yes, yes, they did. Um, so once I realized I have all four pieces of this, you know, hypothetical pie, so to speak, I was like, that's it. Art is the one. I did fact check it, so to speak, or tried this circle against other things I love. But a lot of them are just more passions or things that I really, really like. But they don't meet all four quadrants, if you will. They don't. The four circles don't intersect. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to give the art thing a good old try. And haven't looked back since. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. Because I've heard on your other platform, Level Up Artist, that you said you had a background in the business in the corporate world. So how did you go from being in that for 12 years to saying, I want to be a full-time artist? (laughs) You did your your research. Um, So it took time to transition. Um, While I do have uh, the privilege that I do have a spouse that, you know, contributes to our household income, it's not enough for me to just quit and be like, I'm going to do this as a hobby and not bring income in. Um, I still have to bring home some of the bacon, so to speak. But it took time to transition. Um, like I said, I needed some transactional proof in the first place because I do come from that business background. I couldn't just up and leave. And again, we couldn't afford it anyways. Um, so I started doing or participating in several events. You know, I did my first solo show. I did markets. I did art fairs. Um, I did some online sales. Like I just started basically saying, okay, here's some of the things that will let my brain know that this is a thing and it is possible for me, right? Like I can see other artists and arts like on Instagram or whatever and they seem like they're successful, although we don't really know what their paycheck looks like, so let's be real. Um, The impression and the reality don't always match. So there's that. But it turned into a, okay, let me get some proof first that there's interest in my art, not just in like exhibition wise, but also in purchasing it and collecting it. Um, So that process probably took around a year um, from the time that I was like, yeah, I know this is what I want to do to like in my life to the moment that I quit my corporate job. It took about a year, um, not just doing those events. I also, um, started saving money on the side from my other job, um, as well as buying some of the main equipment and supplies that I knew I would need later. So funny story about that is I quit in December of 2019. There is no way, there is no way I could have known there was a pandemic going like, or going to come. Nobody did. And from the business side of things, I actually saved enough money thinking if I don't sell a lot of art in the beginning, like I don't want to have that pressure. I need to have enough money saved for the first six months or so, three to six months, somewhere in there. Um, 
of my share of the bills at home. I need to have that socked away. Um, also, I don't want to go to my spouse, my husband, and be like, give me money for paint. You know what I mean? Like, no. Like, in my brain, I was like, I don't need that pressure. That's going to dampen my creativity anyways. If I have to think about that, I need to have a little goose egg of money that I saved from my previous job. So essentially, I used my old job for the seed money of my new business, essentially. Now, obviously, little did I know, pandemic, some of the opportunities I started pursuing obviously dried up like they did for everybody. Um, but that helped me carry through. I mean, yeah, I used my old job to fund my new one, essentially. <laughs> but it took it took a year. And depending on everybody's economic situation, you know, it may take longer than that. Or you may have to keep a part-time job. Or you may have to keep a full-time job on the side. So it's different for everybody. On my end, it was more like, now I got to quit and like dive headfirst into this thing and give it my all. If I'm, if I really, really want this to be the successful business that pays, you know, my bills, I, I'm that person. I'd go big, go home. I, I had to, I had to try. Yeah. Cause I believe a lot of people may want to take that chance or they're thinking about it, but they have something that's holding them back either fear of success, failure, or not having the right infrastructure of people around them to say, hey, this is what you should do, and you should do this, that, or that to be what you're trying to accomplish. And it ends up falling flat, unfortunately. So, Yeah, there's another one that in talking to other artists, because I am in a public-facing studio, we do get a lot of newer artists asking questions. How do I get a studio here? How do I price my art? How do I sell art? Like, how do I, you know, all, all the business questions. Um, and one that I encountered relatively recently was a fear of changing lifestyles. And that one was huge. It's that scarcity mindset of, wait, does that mean I can't have a new car? Well, maybe you can't have a new car, but do you want to do this thing or not? Or I have to move into a smaller apartment or... I can't go and drink at a bar every Friday night after work. Like, yeah, sacrifices, depending on your situation, there might be some sacrifices you might have to do. But, I mean, that's a new one that I encountered recently. It's like some people have a fear of changing their lifestyle. They just want to go up. They don't think about cutting back on certain things in order to look at it on a longer bird's eye view of where they want to get and know, hey, you may have to cut back on X, Y, and Z, but it's temporary. But if you don't dive headlong into this, you're never going to do it. You're just going to keep working for the man, you know, as they say, right? You're going to keep working for these big, you know, corporations or other institutions. You got to look out for yourself, too. Nobody else is going to. So what are you willing to cut back on and sacrifice in order to accomplish your own goals? Yeah. That's, that's definitely a great point. I like using the example for that, the losing weight example. In order to shed pounds, you have to change what you eat, how you eat, mm -hmm. what times, how often you do or don't work out, rest days, and how to make that around your schedule. Because we all have the same 24 hours. It's just how do you use yep. them to become a better version of yourself. So Exactly. Amen to that. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, people, maybe artists and 
Others as well have the main issue, in my opinion, of how to market yourself or your business. And I've seen you all have had an episode a while back talking about that specific topic. And y'all specifically said, tell your story is basically what marketing is. How did you tell your story for your business? So, yes, I completely believe in that. Um, It's kind of, if you don't tell, your art can't speak for itself. I mean, some people say it does. I honestly, humbly, and respectfully disagree. Um, Art doesn't have a voice that, you know, doesn't have a speaker coming out of it. I guess some artists do make art like that. It's a different story. Um, So... The way you talk about your art and yourself as an artist, you are a brand, not in competing against corporations brand, but you are a business. You have to tell your story or somebody else will tell it for you and you might not like it. So if you want there to be somewhat of a consensus about what you're about or what kind of message you're trying to bring out into the world, you have to clearly communicate that. So if I wanted to present myself as a Puerto Rican artist that wants to do, I don't know, landscapes, I'm just going to go cheesy for a second, so bear with me. If I wanted to say I want to present myself as a Puerto Rican artist that does sunsets on the beach with like palm trees on the side, I did paint that as a kid, but I did live in Puerto Rico at the time. Um, And that's what I wanted to communicate across. Like I am that artist that makes those beach scenes. And what's the story behind it? That's different than me saying, no, I'm going to make this other art. And it's about spreading optimism through it. And it doesn't really matter where I'm from necessarily. It's more like what kind of story I want to share with you through the art itself. And then you put your own lens on top of that. So whether that means you have a story or you have a place that you're seeing in the art, that may have been a place I've never been to, but you're seeing it. And I'm seeing a different place where we can still connect. Like that to me is extremely important. But in order for that to work, I have to have a story that is so personal that it's universal, that you can put your own lens to it too and connect, if that makes sense. Definitely. Relatable and able to, oh, I know somebody or I relate to that in some way. Now I can invest in this with time, money, interest, or whatever that may be for that person. But it has to have that personal touch. Otherwise, it's just cold and just decoration. And at least for me and the work that I make, that's not the point. Like, I want that person to see the work and they just go, it makes me feel like X, Y, Z. And a lot of times it's very interesting because I make abstract work and I'm like, how did you see that on the canvas? That is what I was trying to communicate, but it's not in the title and it's not in what the canvas is about. And yet you were still able to capture that. And I mean, to me, that's just fascinating art, visual art, definitely. It's a language, just like spoken languages, right? Just like coding languages on a computer. Art is a language and some people can read it. I mean, we all have as artists our own language and there are people that walk, you know, into the studio and look at the art and they can read it. It's incredible. It's, I don't know, it's magic, honestly. <laughs> yeah. 
fascinating. <laughs> yeah. You never know what somebody can interpret for what you do. Exactly. Especially when they interpret it the same way you intended it to. That's just, yeah, that's just gold. That's just gold. Yeah. It's also interesting when they interpret it another way you didn't even think of. And they said, oh, <laughs> yeah. and you said, oh, well. For better or worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, that's a flower. Oh, I thought that was popcorn. Well, moving on. <laughs> Thank you for your feedback. <laughs> Yeah. And have a nice day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I wish I was kidding, but that was a true story. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, during your art journey, what made you have the confidence that you could say, hey, I can actually make some money off of what I do? It was transactional proof. Actually, uh, being able to see the quote unquote cold heart cash, if you will. So I started selling my artwork, you know, when I started to officially do it, I've been doing art all my life, but I didn't sell it. If anything, I would give it away or I would keep it kind of as a benchmark is not the right word, but almost as a point in my development as an artist that I could see my progression over time. Let's call it that, right? Um, so when I started selling, find, like actually trying to sell my art on purpose, not gift it or keep it or paint over it, um, I started a little bit on the economical side of things, like a lot of artists do, because I wasn't sure if my skill level was enough anyways. It wasn't the art itself. The art itself was fine in terms from a technical standpoint. But what I envisioned that I wanted to do with the art versus what it actually looked like, it wasn't there yet. It's that, what do they call it? The skill gap, if you will, right? Which, you know, as we all try to get better in our businesses or whatever our creative endeavors is, that's kind of a normal part of it, right? You start down here and we kind of move up over time. So I started selling. Um, I started getting commission requests. So that was awesome. I was like, wait, they just... They don't just want what I put out there. They're actually asking me to take their idea and then put my own flavor behind it. And it's almost like a collab in a way and, you know, produce this thing and they're willing to give me money for it. What? Um, so I started that process while I still had the safety, so to speak, the financial security of having my other job. Um, so it's not like I was putting everything on the line at once, right? But as the year progressed and I started to sell more, and not only that, I started raising my prices a little bit more over time. Um, I kept taking different courses, workshops, one-on-ones, whatever I needed to do um, in order to improve my art. Also, I was putting a lot more time than I ever had before. So I was waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning before going to my corporate job to paint or do something art-related, you know, to keep moving forward before going to work and then speaking of making sacrifices so to speak um when i would come home from work instead of trying to unwind in front of the tv i would be like no i'm going back into the spare bedroom to keep painting to keep taking classes to keep improving my art um so as my skills improved and my prices went up a little bit i mean just a little bit at a time i was like wait people are willing to give me more money Right. And it just kept increasing. So that's kind of what 
gave me the confidence to say, okay. And on top of that, I, I had been saving money, you know, add that to it. So I was like, you know what, this is it. I have to give this a try. You know, I have to give this career choice a try. I also had the quote unquote safety net that the kind of job that I do, like I was working in retirement services. So it's like investment finance for 401ks and those type of retirement plans. I'm like, that's an industry where they're always looking for people. So worst case scenario, worst, worst case scenario, if this artist career thing doesn't work out, I can go back. I can go back to my old job. Like I built that career for 12 plus years. It's not entry level. Like I'm, my level of expertise on it is enough that I know I'm marketable, so to speak, and I can go back. Um, do I want to? No. <laughs> After all these years doing the art life, no, I don't want to go back. But if I absolutely had to, I could, right? Like I didn't burn the bridge. I know I can cross back. So with those things in mind, yeah, that, that kind of gave me the confidence of like, I have savings. I've been working on my skills. I have transactional proof that people buy my art. And worst case scenario, I can go back to my old industry. So, yeah, it, I had to try. I just had to try. Okay. That's cool. That's definitely inspirational for sure and definitely something that I believe people can learn from if they haven't heard already from somewhere else that you can still work your current position even though you may not enjoy it or you want to do something different and as long as you're building up the capital and you're gaining the knowledge and experience and what you're trying to switch to, you'll pretty much be fine as long as you just keep being on your grind and keep obtaining knowledge and information pertaining to that business or future endeavor. Exactly. Exactly. So it's interesting because sometimes, um, you know, when folks come by the studio and ask, should I quit my job? I hate it. I want to do art full time. Um, my answer is don't quit yet. Don't. You, you need to have some, now some people too, and that's up to them. And especially if perhaps they have a family that can help them out. You know what? That's really cool. Do it. Like there, I've met artists that are willing to sacrifice their independence to a certain degree and go live back with their parents, you know, who are willing to like live in the basement or back in their old childhood bedroom in order for them to pursue art, you know, or another creative career, right? And I'm like, you know, if you have that kind of available option, especially if you don't have the responsibilities of a mortgage and car payments and kids and credit card debt and student loan debt, like if you don't have such a giant thing hanging over you in terms of financial responsibility, do it. It's temporary anyway, so you can move out later again, right? Like if you can, but if you don't, like in my case, I have a mortgage and I have, I don't have kids, I have pets, so there's that, but you know, car payment and house payment and all these things, I couldn't just quit. So when people ask me, I'm like, no, I think, I think before you quit, you need to have your goose egg. You need to have your savings. You need to feel confident in your own skill level and you need transactional proof. Like otherwise the inner critic in you is going to stop you from making the leap, which I know does for a lot of people. So it's like you have to put yourself out there and you have to sell and you have to learn how to sell, which is a whole nother ball of chips right there. But once you do that, then you can move confidently forward and know you can always get another job. Like if it doesn't work out, but if you don't give it a try, what are you going to do? Wait till you're retired? 